Europe's demand for weapons is soaring. Today, we're on the ground in Munich for a security conference that could determine who gets the upper hand in the war in Ukraine. Ukraine is looking for more air defenses. They're looking for more drones. And I think that there may be more of an appetite now to provide those than there was, say, a month ago. And will it go to extra time? Bids are coming in ahead of the weekend for Manchester United. It's Friday, February 17th. This is Reuters World News, bringing you everything you need to know from the front lines in 10 minutes. I'm Kim Vanell in London. As I've said since the beginning of my administration, we seek competition, not conflict with China. We're not looking for a new Cold War. Joe Biden seeks to dial down tensions with Beijing after the shooting down of what Washington says was a Chinese spy balloon in U.S. airspace. I expect to be speaking with President Xi, and I hope we have we are going to get to the bottom of this. But I make no apologies for taking down that balloon. U.S. military jets shot down a further three unidentified flying objects. Biden says they likely didn't come from China and were most likely balloons used for recreation or research. Beijing has denied it was involved in aerial spying and says the Chinese balloon shot down was used for monitoring the weather. Now to Iran, where protests have rocked numerous cities overnight. After a seeming slowdown in recent weeks, people are on the streets again, calling for the overthrow of the Islamic Republic. The marches mark 40 days since two protesters were hanged. Reuters is verifying the footage of the marches, and you can follow this developing story on Reuters.com. Tanigashima, we have a problem. That's the sound of Japan halting the launch of its H-3 rocket just moments before takeoff. A secondary booster engine failed to ignite. The H-3 is Japan's first new medium-lift rocket in three decades. It's meant to secure Japan a bigger slice of the commercial space market. U.S. Democratic Senator John Fetterman has checked himself into a Washington-area hospital seeking treatment for clinical depression. The Pennsylvania lawmaker flipped a Republican-held seat in last November's elections just six months after suffering a stroke. Research suggests that one in three stroke survivors will eventually develop post-stroke depression. French protesters promising to keep going until a controversial pension reform is withdrawn. Reuters' Richard Locke is in Paris to unpack what the crowds on the street means for President Macron. President Emmanuel Macron and his government insist they won't back down over the reform, which sees an increase in the retirement age to 64 from 62. The question is, at what cost to the president? Already, he's had to water down his plans just to get this far. Now he's busy having to offer sweeteners, to win the support of Conservatives whose votes he needs in a parliament where he lost his working majority in last year's election. That support looks likely, but it's still not guaranteed, leaving Macron the option, should he fail, of forcing it through parliament by decree. The optics of that would look bad for a president early in his second term. And that's before he even thinks about a response to the public anger that has unfolded in the streets these past weeks. I'm Richard Locke in Paris. 
The Ukraine war is spurring demand for US arms. A Reuters analysis of weapon sales has found international shopping lists are focused less on jets and tanks and more on artillery rounds, air defences, shoulder-fired javelin missiles and drones, the basic tools of war. It reflects how the conflict in Ukraine has reshaped Europe's strategy for future wars. That strategy will be a hot topic at the Munich Security Conference this weekend. It's the biggest event on the global security calendar. Kamala Harris will be there for the US, joining world leaders including Emmanuel Macron and Olaf Scholz. Reuters' Jonathan Lande is there for us with the US congressional delegation, the biggest America has ever sent. Hi, Jonathan. Hi. So obviously there is a war going on, and this is the biggest international security conference. You're there with the U.S. delegation. What is the U.S. most concerned about right now? Well, I think, again, this is the platform that the allies will use to reaffirm their support for Ukraine, particularly at this time where you have what appear to be the beginning of a new Russian offensive. Usually the Russians attend this conclave. I don't believe they're going to be there this year. And at a time when some of these high-end weapon systems that the West is providing to Ukraine are just starting to make it into the theater. You've had the first appearance of uh, German-made Leopard tanks on the Ukrainian side. It's kind of like this leading edge of this surge in high-end Western weaponry that will be going into Ukraine. I remember early on in the conflict, there was a lot of concern about providing direct weaponry to Ukraine because... People were scared that that would spark World War III. Is is that no longer a concern? I think there is some concern, but it's definitely dissipated. And it's dissipated because as the United States and its allies have provided increasingly more powerful and more sophisticated weapons systems, there's really been no major reaction from the Russians. And it appears that President Putin remains intent on keeping this conflict within the borders of Ukraine. Thank you so much, Jonathan Landay. Anytime. On markets, rate hike worries are back. Are they ever really very far away? A drop in jobless claims data and a jump in producer prices have investors worried that the Fed will keep tightening. The dollar has surged to a six-week high. As we head into the weekend, global sports spectators are focusing on a business story. Just who will pay the big bucks for Manchester United? The deadline for bidders to declare their interest is fast approaching. Here's our resident sports guru, Amy Tenery, with company's breaking news editor, Matt Scuffham, to break it all down. Hi there, Matt. How you doing? Very well, thanks, Amy. How are you? Doing great. I am extremely excited about this potential deal coming through, potentially the largest sports deal ever. I think one of the most fascinating bidders, of course, is this consortium of Qatari investors. And it's a little bit controversial. Can you unpack that for us? Yeah, the Qatari bid faces a problem because Qatar already owns Paris Saint-Germain, which is the lead in French team, and they compete in the Champions League Europe's elite club competition against Manchester United. Now, UEFA's rules say that owners cannot own more than one club that competes in the same competition. That, on the face of it, would appear to make the Qatari bid unviable, 
But what the Qataris are trying to do is to show UEFA that the entity that is proposing to buy Manchester United is entirely separate from the entity that owns PSG. Of course. And, you know, we had some interesting reporting actually last month about the impact of the Chelsea sale and and kind of how it gave that impetus to sell Manchester United. Can you talk about what this Chelsea sale, this $5.2 billion sale, what kind of impact that had for sports business and, and how motivating it was to start maybe putting some of these teams up for sale? Yeah, I think that was really important in this whole process because the Chelsea sale, which was obviously instructed by the UK government after they seized the assets of Roman Abramovich, the then Chelsea owner, after Russia's invasion of Ukraine, it really then set a floor on likely valuations of the elite clubs going forward. Matt, thank you so much. You have educated this American across the pond, and uh, I'm excited to follow our reporting in the coming weeks. Thanks, Amy. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Happy birthday to Kosovo. It's 15 years since the Albanian-majority country declared independence from Serbia. But the anniversary has been overshadowed by increasing violence between Kosovan police and minority Serb protesters. Intense Western diplomacy has managed to hold off a slide back into armed conflict for now. Reuters' Fatos Patucci told me that unresolved grievances still threaten peace. If the situation continues like this, there may be a conflict because the local Serbs in the north, they don't accept police. And there is uh, tensions after tensions, so there is a risk. Uh, foreign diplomats say that there is a risk of a potential conflict in that part, and they just don't, they, they can't handle two conflicts uh, in, at the same time in, in, in the continent of Europe. And that's it for this edition of Reuters World News. We'll be back again on Monday. In the meantime, you can find more trusted news at Reuters.com. Reuters.com.